like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Another season of Forgotten Horror has come to an end, but as Field paraphrases Al Pacino from Send of a Woman, We're just getting warmed up! Spend the next few months with Forgotten Cinema as Season 7 kicks off with movies from all across the decades. We jump to the 70s to talk about the front page starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. We dive into the 80s with Michael Mann's Thief and the Dennis Quaid Meg Ryan thriller DOA. And then slice into Butler's childhood years, the 90s, with The Last Samurai and The Negotiator. That's right, Field. You're old. So very, very old. Shut up, Butler. Forgotten Cinema, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to Post Game, presented by Two Player Bros. I'm Mike. With me, as always, is Dave. Today, we are talking about Crash 4. It's about time. Oh, that wasn't me, my joke. <laughs> that just says it's called It's About Time, because it's about time the game came out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very clever. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, neither is Toys for Bob. Who created Crash 4? It's about time. <laughs> A little late on delivery. Yeah, just a tiny bit. So Crash 4, like I said, Toys About Bob came out three weeks ago. Uh, sounds right. Yeah. Sometime in October. Early October. We've been playing some of it. We have, full disclosure, we have not beaten it. But I feel like this is a game where there's a lot to do. And it's not really about story. It's more about how the game plays and what the game's like. And I think we've played enough of it to really kind of put our two cents in. We've definitely put about, I'd say I put about, six hours or more into it by now. I'd probably put about the same, maybe a little more than that. Yeah. So I think we're qualified to talk about what we feel about the game and how the game is. So we're going to do it. So Dave, I guess uh, general thoughts on the game. Uh, you know what? It's about time. It's, uh, it's really fun. I, I'm a very big fan of crash, you know, going back to my childhood and, uh, it's always interesting when one of these remakes come out where you just feel like they really got it right. You know, it feels like how I remember playing Crash. And as someone who has played, you know, a, a little bit of the Crash games more recently, I know you have as well. Mm -hmm. It feels so much better than those. Absolutely, but like, yes. <laughs> they've done it in a way to where like when you're playing it, it just feels like the way you imagine or remember crash feeling in your head. Uh, it's just like buttery smooth with everything. All the controls make sense. Um, visually very appealing. And uh, yeah, I'm just a big fan of it. Big fan of it. I would agree. I completely agree with your statement. Like we've both been playing the insanity trilogy. I've been playing it like on and off. Like if I have like, if I'm editing a podcast and I just want something background where I can pause whenever to do edits it's the perfect game to play, but it is frustrating because the controls and stuff don't match up and it might be exactly like how it was. But like you said, that's 
this plays how you imagine it being because it's got so much quality of life improvement to it from the circle on the bottom when you jump to know where you're going to land to the graphics to, like you said, how buttery smooth this game. Like I haven't felt like a platform has felt this good since maybe Mario 3D World when we were playing it. Like this game feels fantastic for a platformer. And yeah, I think your sentiments are mine exactly. Like this is exactly what you would want. Oh, cool. The crash game to be. Yeah. Yes, a podcast over. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs> so the thing that I think struck me the most about this game over the old crash games and everything like that was I mean, not the zany cartoon comedy, because that's always been the crash games, especially after Crash One. Two and three really definitely went, hey, we're a cartoon show. Almost like they were trying to sell it as such. Yeah. Uh this, but I love the the way the graphics and the art style is in this game has really taken it to a level where I feel like I'm in a DreamWorks animated movie version of Crash. Mm-hmm. And I really think the graphics are just absolutely fantastic. And like we talked about, like Control, I talked about the other week. I was like, oh, these, these are some of the best graphics. This is some of the best art I've seen in a video game in quite some time. Like this game makes me happy playing it. Like I feel like I'm playing in a kid's movie. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying with that. Like, it is just joyful. Like, it's just, it's enjoyable to see the different creatures and and uh, enemy types and everything. Like, I'm not big on music and games. I know we've talked about it before, but there's something about, like, the Crash soundtrack as well that just, like, fits with the with the visuals so well. Like, mm-hmm. it's just such a, such a specific tone that Crash hits, and it, it just hits it so well. And... When when I first started playing this game, I was actually a little thrown at first of how cartoony everything looked like. It almost didn't seem like my initial thought, and this is a dumb thought, but I was like, just right off the bat when I was playing the first level, I was like, they're they're not taking this seriously enough, is what I felt like as soon as it started. Because <laughs> I'm like, because it's because artistically it does go a little more cartoony than Crash. Yeah, in goes. the past, like, yeah. It's Crash always seemed like it was trying to be like cutting edge you know, as far as PS1 graphics go. Mm-hmm. Um, and this really takes a step back from that. Um, so I, I was actually upset by the cartoony visuals at first, but quickly you realize like, oh, it's just the cutscenes were what was really throwing me, which I didn't really like. But when you're actually in the levels and stuff, it's really great. I, I love, I even love the cuts. I love the cartooniness of the cutscenes. I like that it breathes a little bit more life into some of the characters and stuff like that. And it, it, the first level did kind of bother me as well because it's such a departure from the insanity trilogy where it seemed like they were trying to stick so close and then they redid it. But once that kind of remix of the crash bandicoot theme song plays in that first level, I was pretty much, I was just all in. I was like, that's perfect. (laughs) And there's a moment in, uh, Asian world, the, uh, the Chinese temples, the Japanese temple world. And you finally beat that, uh, that scientist and he's got an egg. He drops an egg, gets afraid of it and flies away because he's transformed into a pterodactyl. Crash cradles the egg himself and his sister has to like, it's his sister, right? Yeah. Yeah. His sister has to drag him away, but Crash is still like cradling the egg like, oh, and I just started cracking up for that for, for no reason because it's so stupid and it's such a cartoony like little kids kind of thing that I thought I just loved those moments, those little tiny moments I really liked. Yeah. There's a, there's a moment that you didn't get to later in the game where uh, Cortex decides full spoilers for crash for as far as we've gotten uh, where cortex realizes he has to work with crash and uh, cortex is like, maybe, you know, we can work together, whatever. And crash just like runs up and gives him a big hug. Like there's no question about it. He's just super excited <laughs> to have him on the team. Yeah. The, 
I, I think Crash has more life to him than he usually does in terms of the, you know, he's always never, he's never really talked. But the fact that he's so much more emotive, I think, in this game than the other games. And I've played Crash 1 and 2 and 3, but I really only beat Crash 1. So I've only played bits of 2 and 3, even though I own them. He just seems a lot more animated and emotive in this game than the other ones. Like, you know what he's thinking, even though he's nonverbal. I guess so. I mean, I, I feel like he's always kind of like had like in the original Crash games, like if you're not doing anything, he like will turn back and like make funny faces at the camera mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I, I, he's always I, had a personality for sure. I guess he's less edgy than he used to be. They've softened him up a bit, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a cute, lovable dummy, I guess now. Yeah. He's not like that cool kid like he was in all the PS uh, one commercials back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I remember him like in his boxers in an advertisement. <laughs> uh, but the level design is also, I think, something that's, I think, it's just incredible. Uh, going along with the art and also how you play the game. The the first Mardi Gras level of the game. I don't know the names of the levels. Oh, I, I believe it's called High Note. So the level High Note is just... Uh, it, you're in New Orleans. The whole world is basically New Orleans, but most of it's the swamp. This is the only one where it's like you're in the city and it's it's Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. That whole level just made me happy. That is my favorite level so far in Crash, and I think it's going to be hard to beat. The enemy types. That's with like all the piano keys and everything? Yeah, yeah. piano keys, the enemy types, the background parade going on with all the Crash characters as balloons and stuff that if you took the time to notice, it's all there. The stringing lights, the way the platforming works. Everything just lined up perfectly, and it's an amazing, amazing level. Uh, and that level made me really appreciate this game and the platforming to the point where, like, I was comparing it to 3D World for Mario, which is the first time in a platformer since that came out. What ten years ago now, probably? 3D oh, World? Maybe not ten years ago. Ten years ago, Mike? Six? Five? Probably five. Uh, I'm probably cutting it. I'm probably doubling it. I'm gonna call it five years. Yeah. This is the first time in a long time at least. When did the Switch come out? 2017? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say 2015. So five, five years, years sounds right. So I have no sense of time anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Well, when, you know, I, I exclaimed like 10 years, what are you talking about? But then I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, shit, time does fly. <laughs> <laughs> that game had the best platforming. And I know you agree with that because you love that game. I've seen since. But I think Crash, like certain levels in Crash really remind me of that. I mean, I'll never stop speaking highly of 3D World. It's not so much that the platforming is great. I just think they they did something really unique with 3D platforming in like the more open environment. Like this isn't a podcast about 3D World, I know. <laughs> we'll get there in March but, when they re-release it. Hell yeah. Um, but no, this is the 3D, the platforming in this is really fantastic and it's really well done uh really creative and they do something that not many three not many platformers do well whether it's a 3d section or a 2d section it's just like they're both great and the transition between the two sections is always like super flawless and and seamless Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's it's great I completely agree. I, I think if I had played 3D World without you, like if I was just playing by myself, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd like it nearly as much as I did, you know, goofing around with you while the playing The co-op it. definitely, yeah, helps it a lot. 
you, you talk about the transitions and stuff and the camera as well is just there's not much you can do with the camera and you don't really need to for the most part i don't think i've ever been like other than like trying to find boxes that i think might be hidden off yeah hidden right stuff. off screen like i've never been like oh i can't see over there how do i move the camera look over there it's always the camera's always where it needs to be yeah and that is such a big thing for 3d platformers or platformers uh having you want to have a lot of control over the camera and it's nice when you don't even need that control like the game just takes care of it for you absolutely absolutely i mean there's a lot of not even platformers there's a lot of games like tsushima happened as much as we talk about me loving that game control happened a couple times where sometimes you're just doing stuff and the the camera just doesn't work with you and in crash it's never been a problem like mm-hmm. you said the only time i've used it was to try to find hidden stuff which i can still have never found one colored hidden gem me neither those are really hidden gems <laughs> <laughs> in the original or at least in crash too like there were somewhere you had to like fall into pits like oh want to die th- there were they were very hidden in some levels <laughs> essentially speaking of the way this game plays, I think, is perfect as well because you can play the level straight through and just work your way through levels and beast it, or you can really take the time to find every box, find every wampa fruit, find every is it wampa fruit? Yeah, yeah, wampa fruit. Find every box, really go through and be meticulous, which I I I was for the most part. I'd always try to keep the there's always a three life limit to earn yourself an award, but I would never. I've still I don't think in a single level. Well, oh no, one level I got it. That's it. <laughs> um like it really challenges like how you want to play it. Are you just somebody who wants to rush through the game like it was an old school game or do you want to find collectibles and really unlock a lot of different stuff, get awards and really mine the game for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy that there's enough in every level without changing the design for everybody. Yeah, it's interesting that you say like you were going around like trying to find all the boxes and everything. Because when I first started, my goal was like, oh, well, you unlock a skin for getting six gems in the level. So I'm just going to try to perfect every level, you know, mm-hmm. and get every gem. But after the first two or three levels, I was like, this isn't going to be tenable for the podcast. Like, I, yeah, it's going to take I'm forever, not going to yeah. be ready for, to do this. So I went the opposite way of you. Like, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to try to get the flashback tape and died less than three times in every level. So like that's what basically how I played was I would just try not to die. And I'd get I'd get as many boxes and fruits as I could along the way. But I wasn't really thinking like if you don't oh, get it, how I do I get this or how do yeah. I get that? You know, because too often would I get to the end of a level and be missing like two boxes or five boxes, like no fucking idea where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh and the levels in this game are a lot longer than previous crash games. Yes. So uh, having to go through and play the level again to find the box is like, it's kind of a daunting uh, challenge to put in front of me to ask me to commit, you know, 20 minutes to uh, go back and do it right over to again. run the whole level again. You know, that happened to me. It'd be nice if the, it would be nice if after you beat the level, there's like a box checklist, like, and just show me like all the boxes, like just show me like if there's 150 boxes in the level, have like 150 blank squares or whatever, and then fill them in as I have them. So I've, I know like, okay, I'm missing these towards the beginning of the level or towards the middle of the level or towards the end. Like I could, if I could see where the missing boxes were like on some sort of like time scale of boxes across the level. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Cause then you have an idea of where you need to stop and yeah. And it wouldn't necessarily tell me like, Oh, there's a box right here, but 
I would just know, okay, I have those boxes. I'm missing it before that or whatever. But I totally agree. I think like I was playing earlier today and I was in a level where I got every box. And then at the end, some there are nitro boxes, obviously, where they'll explode, whatever. You have to hit the checkbox at the end of the level. But it was on rails. And I thought I almost hit the box and I just missed it. And right after the box on the rail was the the final, like the checkpoint box where you're going to win the level. So I purposely tried to kill myself. And I accidentally went through the box trying to kill myself. <laughs> so I lost 30 boxes. And that was exactly how many nitro boxes there were. And I was, I was so mad. I was like, do I restart the level? For missing that one nitro box, why can't I just start the last checkpoint one more time? The, I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> the the grinding in the rail sections are pretty cool, but like they've made the getting the boxes on those sections like very difficult. It's fast, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not just like I don't know how far into it you are, but it's after a while, it's not just up and down. It's up, down, left, hard right, left, yeah. hard right. Have you had to go through the tree trunks yet? Have you done any of the the uh, jungle levels i haven't done through the tree trunks when the pirate level you have to swing right and left yeah no in the pirate levels it's like i don't know my degrees but it's like and you have to go straight like 90 degrees and stay there in the jungle levels like there's one box in the pirate level where you have to hit 90 but you don't have to i assume there's like if you don't you die yeah yeah you <laughs> fall off the rail if that's the case and just jumping but just jumping between rails and going up under to the left, to the right, spin this, that, like some of those segments are just unbearable to try to get every box in. <laughs> there was a wall running segment in the end of the, the Asian world level where I was going on jumping or you're jumping on sidewalls and you still have, you have the face mask that lets you phase different boxes. So you have to phase the boxes at the right time while you're running the walls. Mm -hmm. I had a little bit of trouble with that. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was cool, but. I died a couple times purposely trying to get all the boxes. Yeah. And I'm, I don't, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm complaining about the challenge. I think it's, I like the challenge of the game. Uh, it's just, Ooh, it's a lot sometimes. <laughs> there was, I can't even remember what it was, but it's just, it's just cool that the game is balanced in a way where you could just run right through it. Like you said, and just experience the game and have fun. But if you want to find a challenge, like there's definitely a challenge there, especially cause they have classic mode as well, which I haven't even played but I'm pretty sure that works like you have a set number of lives. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. It, just play the insanity trilogy. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. And that would sound awful to me because there's one well, level the, where I had like 50 deaths <laughs> trying to get stuff. Especially with the length of the levels in this game. Like I'm assuming a hundred Wampa Fruits gives you a free life. So I don't really know that. Yeah, because we're not playing with lives. Yeah. But uh, that just sounds like a challenge for sure. I died 49 times in one level. See, so I don't have anything. I died. I don't have anything that bad. I was but. trying. I can't even remember because I know it was last night and I was like, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was trying to get a particular item and I was like, this is ridiculous. The bonus levels are also really difficult, but I really love the way they handle the bonus levels. In this yeah. So, some of them are very simple, but some of them are actually like fun little puzzles, like in a way that I don't remember the bonus levels being in previous games. No. Yeah. Me neither. They were either they're just difficult to get across, but not going back and trying to make sure you get every item and stuff. Yeah, like, okay, if I hit this box, it's going to do this, but that's going to trigger this and, you know, work your way backwards on how to get every box in the bonus level is actually a fun little challenge in, in, in and of itself. <laughs> what I love about that, because it's a challenge, they don't demark you for losing apples there or 
losing life. So you just can keep really doing those apples? bonuses. What are apples? Oh, I'm sorry. Losing wampa fruit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you don't lose any life. So you just keep trying that bonus level over and over until you get it, which is nice because it is a puzzle, unlike most of the rest of the game. But speaking of puzzles, the uh, I love the flashback tapes. They're love fun too, yeah. The, they're little puzzles as well. They're not little puzzles. They're, they're huge puzzles. puzzles. <laughs> but I really like the VHS tape look of it, that it says 1996 on the bottom of the VHS tape. Everything Cortex says is pretty funny. And I just love the, uh, it's all box jumping. And I just think that's really fun. Yeah, I've only done maybe three of them so far. I mean, I have so many of them unlocked because I've prioritized getting them. But Now, is there a particular way to get them? What do you mean? Uh, I might have skipped like how they appear. I, I keep seeing, sometimes oh, you, I see them and they're transparent. Yeah, no, you have to reach them without dying. That's what I thought. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. <laughs> that's why that, that's been like the way I've played is I've just been trying to get die to less than three times and get the, uh, and get the flashback tape. It's gotcha. been like, that's what I call a successful level uh, for me. You know, are there in some levels you can only get them with his sister and some level you can get them with crash. Um, not that I know of. Okay. Why? There's just some levels where I haven't seen them even in their transparent form, but I might have just missed them completely and just run by them if they're transparent. I don't know. I do switch between Coco and Crash every level. Oh, do you? Yeah, just because I know, like, if you get all six gems in the level, you unlock a skin for Crash, then the next level, it's for Coco. Coco, yeah. It's Crash. And I don't know why, but I'm like, just every time I beat a level, I just tap X and switch over to the other character. To try to get there. Yeah, well, the, you unlock it regardless of what character you're right. playing as. I don't know why, but that's just been like my standard practice is tapping X to swap characters when I finish a level. Don't that's know cool. why. No real reason. Just do it. You get a good feel for each character, I guess. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, the they're exact identical, same, but, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I have six Insanity tapes that I played through. I played through the maximum. Of I think I have six tapes and I've played six of those levels. Mm. And I, I like they're a little frustrating because sometimes you'll die and you'll die and you'll die and you'll die because they are really tough because they're all just box jumping so that the whole level is a hole that you're going to fall into but i just have a lot of fun doing those levels it almost reminds me of explosion man in a way i could see that like a platformer but also a puzzle in a way so mm -hmm. i really really enjoy those uh levels a lot more than i think the guest character levels guest character levels are not great the dinga dial is okay comes about midway through the game his diner gets messed up so i've only done the one level with him he's He's neat. I like his vacuum ideas and stuff like that. He's just really slow. Mm -hmm. I think his just his speed is the only thing that really bugs me about it. But I like that he's got like the vacuum gun and everything is about shooting TNT into different switches and platforms and enemies to make sure you get all the items. Mm -hmm. The pirate whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember either. Is she a pirate or is she just in the Tana. pirate level? Her start? name is Tana. <laughs> Hmm? Is she a pirate or is she just from a pirate level? She's just from a pirate level. I think she's just more like the badass bandicoot. Yeah. Uh, because I thought she was a pirate too, but I'm like, maybe it's just because I met her on a pirate ship. <laughs> I think that's the only reason. It's just she's, the first level she's in. <laughs> she's in the other games. Uh, so Tawna's her name. I just don't... Is she in the original trilogy? She is in the original trilogy. I believe number three. I don't even remember her. I only remember... kind Like, I know that I had seen her before, so I was like, I know she's definitely been in something else and Crash and Coco mentioned that they haven't seen her in a long time. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was three. If I, I like, cause I haven't played much of three, but it's like, I remember her in the commercials for three, hmm. but her character just, she's got the hook shot thing, which is all right. But 
she just feels like Crash and Coco, but slower and less responsive. Yeah, she she reminds me of playing like a like a movie tie-in platformer. Like <laughs> that's a, yeah. Like if we were gonna play like Kung Fu Panda the game, like actually I know there is a Kung Fu Panda game, and I think I actually kind of liked it if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like she doesn't feel right. Like she feels kind of like slow and just out of place in her levels. Yeah, I think because her levels are too, other than the obligatory like you can't progress here without the hook shot they feel exactly like a coco and crash level whereas for it, the it'd be uh, cool if her levels are more like the on rail levels you know oh like, yeah that'd be cool if they were basic i know she has on rail segments but if they were like more based around those on rail moments and like zip lining and uh ropes and everything yeah something to make them feel a little different because i get like when i'm playing as the guest characters in this game i get big Sonic Adventure vibes, like, hey, Sonic's our main guy, Sonic Tales and Knuckles, but here's Big the Cat with a five-second level that you can play, but it's a fishing minigame. And what made that fresh and interesting was they were always really short, but you got to play the game in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And even though the game characters kind of have certain different skills, it still plays kind of the same. So it's almost like playing a Sonic the Hedgehog level, but you're not as fast as Sonic, which really doesn't feel good. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that That's what I like about, uh, I know you haven't played as him yet, but Neo Cortex, I just unlocked him to play as. And I've only done the one level with him, but his levels felt more like, more puzzly than a normal level of Crash. Um, just because he has like this gun that turns the enemies he's fighting into platforms. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it's just kind of like, turn this guy into a, a stationary platform or this guy into a, like a bouncy platform and just trying to like, work your way through like the same area, but kind of like I had to kind of, it was just one big section that I was kind of trying to navigate my way through by turning like different enemies into platforms. Sometimes you have to same turn the same enemy into different platforms as you work your way through to progress. If that makes sense. So it's just like, Oh yeah. I was watching a little bit of you play. So I kind of get what you're saying. Just a lot of figuring out how to get somewhere. In, in the normal level of crash, you know how to get where you need to get, you know, you just jump yeah. <laughs> or you, or you do a slide jump if it's a longer one or whatever, or a double jump. But in this one, it was like, had to be a little more strategic and actually to figure out which route you wanted to take to get there and figure out what you wanted to do with each enemy to, to make it work as well. That's cool. Yeah. Or whatever. I definitely, I definitely want to try them. It seemed kind of cool when I was watching you play a little yeah. bit of them. And he, had a, he has a dash as well, which is fun, which the other characters don't have. Yeah. Jinkadai, like I said, I really like how he plays. He's just really fat and slow. Mm-hmm. But he's funny because <laughs> he's got that like uh, outback Australian accent. And he's, you know, he used to be the bad guy, but now he's got the diner and they blow up his diner. And he gets sucked back in time. And I really like his cutscene at the beginning where they uh, have the government warning about his diner. Mm-hmm. Like, don't eat the food. It does this, 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 this may cause death, vomiting, diarrhea. Don't wear shorts. So one of my favorite parts of the game is the inverted levels. And this was something that I was excited about or made me more excited about this game when they showed it off on the different uh, previews when they were trying to introduce the game to us. And I think they really nailed the inverted levels are really, really cool. Explain them to me. <laughs> So inverted levels are the same levels you've played through the game before, but they kind of change a little bit. 
So you first encounter them when you defeat one of the scientist bosses in the, I believe the Asian level. And during the battle, he uses a potion that changes everything into this weird, colorful, almost claymation colored world. It's like neon, right? It's almost neon, yeah. And after that, you unlock inverted for the rest of the worlds. And every world has its own inverted style. So every level in a particular world is going to have the same style, but then you go to the next world, it's going to have a different one. So the first world is almost like your daredevil, almost like you're blind. And every time you spin attack or an explosion happens, it illuminates the world. and You get to see what's going on around you. And it's almost like a black and blue and red world. The world, the Asian world is the same, that neon level. There's a black and white world. There's a, the Mardi Gras world has some color. It's almost like a, uh, a painting almost kind of a palette to it and i'm sure every other world is different i'm on the ice world but i haven't played any of the inverted versions of it but i think they're really really fun creative and artistic ways to play the game and although i love the the like i said the dreamworks animation style the style of artwork in those games is super unique and also adds a layer of gameplay to it especially like the first world with that kind of blind mode going through bit by bit making sure you've illuminated the world before you make your next step I think it's really, really cool. Mm. I don't know how many of those you've actually gone back and played. I did that boss fight in the inverted mode. Mm-hmm. It didn't really change much. It was just different visually. The, okay. the fight that unlocks inverted mode. And then you played that again in inverted mode? I did mode that again in inverted mode because I saw I unlocked it. I would unlock a skin for doing it if I played it in inverted, but that's the only time I've done it so far. Okay. Yeah. like That I could think of at least. <laughs> Like that world, the first world definitely like has a gameplay element to it. The painting world kind of has an element to it because you add a little bit color as you go through the game. The neon world, I guess I haven't played much of that world because I wasn't a big fan of the level design. I guess that doesn't have much of a difference to it. But again, you haven't played through the platforming part. So yeah, I've only, might, I've only yeah. done the boss fight. I have no idea. So. But I, I really enjoy how that adds something to it because I really enjoyed going through the first world and the first world is really easy spin dashing to make sure I'm not jumping into a, an area where there's no platform because you can only see about two feet in front of you. So you have to make sure you spin dash. You have to make sure you know where you're jumping, where the enemies are and spin dash to know where the enemies are as well. Mm-hmm. Really just added something to the game and it adds a whole nother set of diamonds that helps you unlock stuff. So I really enjoy the inverted style and change to the game design. Sweet. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about gameplay-wise? I think they've done a good job with like levels that feel like throwbacks to the original Crash. My favorite thing about Crash, thinking back and as even as a kid, is like his surfboard, like the jet surfboard. I've always really loved that. Oh, I hate that. Uh, I (laughs) I love the jet surfboard levels, and the music is always like a little extra bouncy. Yeah, it's like hang ten. so I think that I think they've done a really great job with the levels I've played for those so far. Uh, I just rode a polar bear recently for the first time, the little baby polar bear, which is something that I constantly, not constantly think of, but when I think of crash, I think of those segments too, like running from the boulders and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. I have, there hasn't been a ton of those sections yet. 
and I'm hoping they become a little more prevalent. I don't think they will. I feel like I'm getting towards the end of the game. I think I'm in the last world, maybe one more world after that. I don't there know for sure. There's 10 dimensions. Oh, there's 10? So I might have I might have three left, actually. I think I'm on seven. I assumed there were eight. I think I'm on seven. Um, Are you a world after the ice world? I think I'm... Yes. The ice world is six. I did the ice world, then I did the jungle world and now i'm on a world after that so you're on eight. i think i don't it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah i noticed that you know there's one world where you're in a ball and you're running from a big uh robot truck thing but that was the second world there was nothing in the first world i don't think there was anything like that in the second world so yeah it seems like every other world they give you one of those moments yeah i feel i feel like i've only done two levels where i was like running towards the camera away from something that's definitely classic crash though and i just rode the polar bear once the little baby bear um no mo- no motorcycles yet i don't know if those are going to show up they're a big part of crash three i know mm-hmm. uh but i i have really enjoyed those little throwback moments even if it's not like a whole level dedicated to them um i hope that we get a little bit more <laughs> we'll see so i mean i know there's not i mean there's not a lot of story to this game Basically, I don't know anything about the story. <laughs> Entropy and cortex, and then an evil mask. Who I don't remember. Uh, oh, was, I know he's the game over screen of two. I don't remember his like place in the story though. Yeah, it's been so long since I played he, any of he those. Would laugh at you if you lost <laughs> in the Enzane trilogy. I'm really having a hard time getting through Crash One. To be honest, Crash One is the worst Crash game. I don't of the original trilogies. I don't know why I keep trying to play that one. It's the one I remember the most as my childhood. He doesn't, so even have, trying. he doesn't even have the belly flop yet, right? Uh, no. Yeah. Get out of there. <laughs> Jump over to Crash 2. Maybe I should. Crash 2 is my favorite. But I cra- have not been having a good time with Crash 1. Cra- Crash Warped is like the best as far as like platforming and everything, but Crash 2, that's where my heart is. <laughs> I, I might have to jump over because I'm not having a fun time with 1. But I think that's maybe why I also love this one so much more because there's so many more improvements that I'm not noticing because I haven't played two or three since they first came out PlayStation one. But I really enjoy the comedy of the story. I enjoy the, the character notes. I enjoy the masks as you inter- are introduced to them. I do think there should be, and I mean, I'm not saying there should be a whole lot more story to the game, but I am a little disappointed with it, as funny as they are. I don't think there's enough moments in between levels where you get like either more jokes or just something to push the story along. It just seems like you only get a little story moment at the end of a level. And I think maybe there should be something midway or something. I'm not asking for you mean a five hour of, long story. You but. mean the end of the world? End of the world. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 I just think, don't think there's enough story Dimension. going on. I think they could flesh this out to be something that they could pitch to somebody like Netflix and be like, would you like to do a crash cartoon show? We've built this universe. Here's what we do with jokes. You can do the same thing with a writer's group. And I think they're really close to that in terms of the character of crash and Coco and Cortex's minions and Cortex himself is really funny. I'm not so big on entropy. Yeah, he sucks. He's just boring. Uh, but everyone else has such personality that I'd really like to see more of them and they're them talking and all the new masks, you know, you meet the masks yeah. at the dimensions. Yeah, no, I, I like the characters and I think they're fun and everything. I don't find myself wanting for any more of it, but if they had more, I, I don't think I'd be against it. But 
I'm kind of impartial to what you're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> the grandma mask of time. I thought was funny. Uh, and I can't remember what the second mask is that you meet, but he's ma- he's the main mask. Basically. Uh, he kind of takes over the, your typical mask. Like the one that has like anxiety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think I really like him leading the group because he's got such anxiety, but he knows he has to try to fix time. Mm-hmm. I, I just really enjoy all the characters and how they relate to each other and how they talk to each other. And again, I haven't played two or three in so long, but I don't remember the minions having such a close relationship to Crash. But again, that could just be me misremembering. We mean the minions. Like one of them thinks he's his best friend and they, they all like really hate Crash a bunch. I remember them just kind of trying to kill Crash because Neocortex told him to. I don't remember them so much being like, oh, hey, it's been a while, bud. But that also could just be the game, you know, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. I don't like you played more at two or three than me. I still don't know what you're talking about, honestly. <laughs> like one of them, the one who's clearly played by the actor who plays uh, Brain on Pinky the Brain in the Asian world talks about how they're oh, you're the talking- only friends he has. And oh, you're talking about the bosses, the bosses. Yeah. The, oh, his, you, yeah. I'm you sorry. Said minions. I thought you're talking about like the fucking like turtle shell back guy. See, I don't <laughs> think they work for Cortex. I just think they happen to be in that world and Crash just goes through them. But yeah, his science, his other scientists. Well, in like in like Crash Two, they were all like robotic monsters that were the enemies. So they were all definitely like programmed by Embryo and uh, and Cortex. Okay, but anyway, th- sure, that'd be great if they were. I don't, I don't know, I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I'm just, I just really like that aspect to him. I just think that was really good. I'm glad you liked. It. <laughs> <laughs> Toys by Bob, if I remember, they're they're just Crash. What do you mean they just crash? Like that's all they do is crash, I believe. No, they did. Did they do Spyro? They did, no, they did Skylanders, didn't they? I think the Skylanders people. Maybe they did the Spyro trilogy as well. The oh, re- shit, they've been since 1989. I am super wrong. What did they do then? I think they did the reignited trilogy for Spyro, and I think they did Skylanders. But they did. They did do Skylanders. They did Star Control. I don't know if that's on me either. Okay, so let me let me restart. <laughs> so I know Toys for Bob kind of took this franchise over with the Insane trilogy. No, no, you don't what? get to do that. I do get to do that. You it's don't get edit. You don't get. No, I'm not letting this podcast go forward <laughs> without your verbal commitment that you're not going to lie to our audience. Okay, can I can I admit something and then cut that original part out because it's boring. So I didn't know much about Toys for Bob before. I thought they really only did. Crash. I just really don't like this whole. Oh, let me restart that. So as you know, <laughs> you did not know. And that's fine, Mike. That's fine. <laughs> have some fucking integrity. No, <laughs> no one else gets to have integrity. Why do I have to have integrity? Who doesn't have integrity? I don't know. Your face. Got me. <laughs> so I think Toys for Bob <laughs> <laughs> took over the Crash franchise. And basically I think the only thing they've ever done is Crash. What? I think the only thing they've ever done done is Crash. Fuck you. It's the only game they've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> they took over the Crash franchise and they took did the insane trilogy and they really put a lot of love into it in terms of remaking the game exactly how it was. And that was their goal. And a lot of people complained about that, but still loved the game. 
But they go, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to control them and blah, blah, blah. But like that was how the game played back in PlayStation. Now they've got this new game and they've really taken everything that was great about Crash, but everything that I think people didn't like. Are you, before you continue. What's up? You're talking about Toys for Bob right now, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't do the Insane Trilogy. Yeah, they did. Are you sure? Yeah. They assisted. Assisted? What the hell does that mean? You've just ruined our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting stuff out. I don't care what you say. Either way. So Toys for Bob worked for worked on Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy. What'd they do, Mike? Who knows what they did? They assisted. But they assisted. They helped work on it. For all we know, they put a bunch of work, because I know Vicarious Vision does a lot of other stuff as well, so who knows? But the Insane Trilogy <laughs> that Toys for Bob worked on assisted assisted um. work. <laughs> was a a great way to get the Crash name back out there, and it you know, had the updated graphics and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people complain how difficult it was, how bad the controls were in a modern world. But it really was what the old game was. It really was a love letter to Crash Bandicoot. But I think by taking Crash into the modern world, adding the aesthetics of like the DreamWorks Pixar kind of animation thing that even though it took you a little while to get onto, you, you seem to like, I love. The way the game plays, the little added additions of like seeing your jump before you jump. Um, with the cur- with the, I don't know what you would call it, the circle, the console. Yeah, cursor. yeah, you're. It just places you on like the what the x axis or the z axis of the world. What, yeah. What, what's the axis? Whatever the ground is. Whatever the ground is, the x axis. The z x axis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the depth and height or horizontal. Uh, like these little like quality of life improvements really put the game in the modern world and help you. It's even more of a love letter to Crash. And like, this is the Crash you remember. Much like you said, you remember the game being good. And games have evolved since then. Since then, And now this Crash Ford, it's about time, has evolved with the times. But still kept everything that was great about Crash Bandicoot from the, from the beginning. And I just think it's a perfect Crash Bandicoot game. I think it's a fantastic platformer. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say, like, oh, it's my game of the year, but this is a game that I'll keep coming back to for sure, like in between playing games and stuff like that. What? I'm pulling my hair out over here. For what? It seems like every podcast we do, you go, you know what? Something about how this game could be your game of the year. Or on, I said it. I don't on, think it's my game the, of the year. You've made it sound like it was like a contender, though. No, this is not a contender. But I do think this is a very, very good... I think it's a perfect Crash game. I think if I was more into Crash, if I was like a Crash fanboy, I'd be like, oh, this is my game of the year because they've definitely helped make Crash modern and helped make a Crash that could become a Crash 5 at some point later on. Crash for Smash Brothers. Let's go. (laughs) Does he smash? He absolutely smashes. Of course he smashes. Absolutely. So yeah, that's Crash 4. It's about time. It's available on PS4, Xbox, and I think Switch. No. No? No. Okay. All right. This is why we don't do commercials. <laughs> so pick it up if you get a chance. It's a really fun game if you like platformers. So join us next week for another <laughs> news episode where we'll take a look at the news in video games. And I believe it's our last news episode before a new system is out because I think the Xbox Series X comes out a day after that episode airs. So like when you said that the first time, 
when you decided to make this little edit here, you were like, got to get that little tidbit back in there. <laughs> that's, that's the news people need to know. <laughs> that's gold right there. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> this podcast needs some flavor. So I'm giving you some flavor. <laughs> Just because you don't like how it tastes. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's not flavor. That's it for two player bros this week. <laughs> And forever. <laughs> Stay safe and keep on gaming.